Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What does the future hold for St. Louis and how do we get there? This is Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome into our innovation conversation. Today, it's going to revolve around unicorns in the St. Louis area. Michael Calhoun with... With Travis Sheridan, and uh, some say they don't exist. Michael, for years, they were myths and legends in the St. Louis region, but now we... We have seen two. We have two. We get to talk about them today. Yes, we do. We've got, I've grabbed the binoculars. We've been able to spot them, and we've actually been able to talk with both of them, too. A unicorn, by the way, we should say, is a company that's gone from a small startup. Think, you know, the one person in their dorm room or a co-working space or their garage growing into a billion-dollar-plus company. Yeah, and so we have had two just in the last what is it, two or three weeks that have gone public, listed on the New York Stock Exchange, where you can go talk to your financial advisor or a stockbroker and say, give me some of that, and you can own stock in these St. Louis-based companies. If you just open up Robinhood or whatever your app is, type in B-H-I-L, you'll see our first one. It's in the ag tech industry. It's called Benson Hill. They actually say they're in the food tech industry. And right after they had their big moment debuting on the New York Stock Exchange, I talked with CEO Matt Crisp. First question, what has this moment been like? Well, it's exciting. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to, to, to finally be at the stop on our journey. And, uh, and to see Benson Hill traded on the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, it's taken a tremendous amount of effort, uh, teamwork, collaboration, execution. Um, but, but we're here, and, um, and we're all really, really thrilled and excited about, uh, about this milestone. How do you think it's going to feel to ring the bell at the New York Stock Exchange? Uh, is that next week? It'll be Tuesday morning, the opening bell, and I, I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited to be up there with some of the the team that you know have been with us for some time, and and others who've been a, a really important part of this journey. So I'm, I can't wait. Looks like uh, 319 million dollars uh, added to the balance sheet. What does that allow you to do? What are your top priorities from here? Sure. So I mean, with this with this amount of capital infused into the company. Uh, you know, this is the largest financing event that Benson Hill has ever had. In fact, it's, it's larger than all of the previous financing events combined, um, to put it in some context, since we, were, since we were founded in 2012. So it's a terrific amount of fuel for us to execute our plan, which, which we're very confident in, and uh, invest heavily, obviously, in innovation and Prop OS, our technology platform, but also in uh, 
further establishing the supply chain and delivering uh, high quality products to our customers um, and, and specifically in the in the alternative plant based revolution where we're seeing a, just a tremendous amount of demand uh, for base protein ingredients out of our soy and our yellow pea uh, crop areas. What are some areas uh, in which that investment might manifest itself? Uh, more jobs in St. Louis, uh, more coders working on crop OS, more acquisitions. What are some, uh, some ways that we might see this investment? Sure. Well, perhaps all the above. And uh, certainly from a team standpoint, we're hiring uh, even today already for dozens of open positions. We're headquartered in Creve Corps in a, a magnificent building um, you know, where we've got you know, folks collaborating across data science, plant science, and food science here. Um, we put up this facility with, uh, with our developer a couple years ago, I moved in last year, and it's just been a, a, an incredible place. Um, to to see the team collaborating, advancing the food system, and uh, and we're going to continue to grow. We're we're very thrilled that we can call St. Louis home, and um, and and uh, you know, use of proceeds, of course, goes to building the team because the team are ultimately the ones who execute uh, you know, what our objectives are and allow us to reach this this vision, this mission that we have. What are the types of jobs that you have a need for, and are you able to find the talent easily in St. Louis? Well, it, we're really looking across every area of the organization from, uh, you know, our, our support operations, um, finance, accounting, HR, legal. We're, we're hiring in, in virtually every, every part of our company to continue to accelerate growth. The, the, the core capability of Benson Hill, as I mentioned, is really around data science, plant science, and food science. Then we've got facilities like the Crop Accelerator and 39 North coming online in the next quarter. Uh, you know, there's, there's additional... Uh, jobs there. There's additional jobs in our headquarters across virtually every discipline that that uh, that we have currently. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's comprehensive. I would say go to bensonhill.com and and read the join us uh, page where you know we talk a little bit more about what we're about because we're, we're eager to bring on great talent. I think to the second part of your question, you know, bringing in talent. I think last we 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 checked we were. Thing, you know, 30 to 40 percent of new talent was coming into uh, into St. Louis from out of town, and that's that's pretty remarkable. I think it speaks to the opportunity, and also St. Louis is a place to live. How did uh, St. Louis, the ecosystem, you're in the plant science district, and really the investors in St. Louis? How did how did they make this possible? Well, it, it, we couldn't have done it without the support of the investors, right? I mean, when you think about uh, folks who are making bets on Benson Hill in 2000. 13, 14, 15, uh, when we first obtained our first institutional financing and at and 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 nearly every step between then and now, um, you know, I, I'll just call out, you know, I select fund, Lewis and Clark Ventures, uh, you know, Cultivation Capital, Prologue, Lagamage, uh, Biogenerator, uh, Missouri Tech Corporation. I mean, these were organizations who, you know, were supporting Benson Hill and, 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 uh, sharing in, you know, what we viewed could be done for the food system long before Benson Hill, you know, was even thinking about being on the New York Stock Exchange. And, and playing off of that, the impact of, of this move on St. Louis, whether it's being an example of success for other small fledgling startups here, or whether it's those investors being able to reinvest in, in the future Benson Hills, what's the impact that you hope that this has on St. Louis? Well, I, I mean, I think it's just a testament to uh, what can happen in a collaborative ecosystem 
uh, one that has the, the facility infrastructure, the, the talent, and the capital to fuel growth. Um, you know, we're one of, of many startups in, the, in, in this ecosystem, and it, I, I just, I'm optimistic about what's to come. I mean, I think, I think this is obviously uh, in the agri-food agri category. Um, you know, St. Louis has got, uh, you know, a competitive leg up. Um, it's a great place to grow a company for the reasons I described. And, uh, and there's going to be many more to come. Is there a moment uh, when you think back over the history of Benson Hill when maybe you wouldn't have gotten to this point? And is there any advice that you would say to either you in the past or other startup founders now who are gritting it out about perseverance and, uh, and, and how you got to this point? Oh, certainly. <laughs> any, any, uh, I think any startup you know, goes through periods where you know we as entrepreneurs go, my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? And um, you know, frankly, it, it, it does take you use a great word, a lot of perseverance, resolve, um, just belief, frankly, um, and and having a plan and executing a plan, but leaning on uh, folks around you who can help. And as as our advisors early on um, did with Benson Hill, I, I sometimes say, you know smart people have been there and done a lot of uh, things to build great businesses. And, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time and engagement for them to help you stay out of the ditch. And I think we as leaders uh, at Benson Hill have leaned on really smart people across the industry as we've grown and evolved as a company, including, uh, you know, the investor base that I described uh, that's local. And so I, I, my, my, if I had to say, if I had to offer a, a piece of reflection or counsel, it might be, you know, listen carefully to, um, you know, to lots of words of wisdom from those who've been there and done that. And, and it doesn't mean that you need to listen to everybody, but um, you, you, you learn and grow. And I think we at Benson Hill have a culture of, of believing in that. And, and it's reflected in the fact that we've grown and, and ultimately gotten to this milestone. Last thing is big picture. How do you describe the end goal for Benson Hill? Well, we're really, a, we call ourselves a food tech company. And, and, and what we mean by that is we're innovating uh, food to be better from the beginning. So when we think about the food and ingredients that we consume, it ultimately is coming from seed that farmers are putting in the ground. If we can go back to the beginning and, and make seed better, and by better I mean more nutritious, more sustainable, healthier, better tasting, um, we can create opportunities for farmers to share and new market opportunities like plant-based. Uh, we can create a system that lifts up the farmer with the consumer and, and designs and breeds for crop characteristics like protein density and, and, and nutrition content that are, that are better for the entire system. And we can use nature as a lever for that and the natural genetic diversity of plants. This is what Benson Hill is really all about, is it's using science and technology uh, with nature as a resource to advance the food system and to create cleaner, better tasting, more nutritious food and ingredients that also are more sustainable. And they're meeting a lot of the market demands, which are traceability, non-GMO, domestically sourced. I mean, these are all value propositions that we hear from the market and because we're going back to the farm and innovating with the grower and, and throughout the system in an integrated capacity, we're helping deliver against those goals. That's Matt Crisp, the CEO of Benson Hill, the latest St. Louis company to go public, Travis. You know, there's a lot to, to unpack there. First, I want to point out something that he mentioned, that this uh, 
this infusion of capital, the money that came in as a result of going public, was more than what he had raised cumulatively, and the company had raised cumulatively before. So think about, you know, the the little bits of you know a fifty thousand dollars seed investment and a Series A and B and like all these different you know chopping blocks of of capital that help them grow, and then to go public and raise you know, a lump sum to really accelerate that growth. Uh, that's phenomenal. The other thing that I, I really thought was curious is, you know, in the last few years, we've we've been a little downtrodden. You know, uh, Express Scripts was acquired by Cigna and uh, Monsanto acquired by Bayer. And if we go back even f- further, of course, you know, Anheuser-Busch acquired by InBev. And, and people were a little brokenhearted that we were losing our publicly traded companies uh, through acquisition. And, you know, we have to understand that it's cyclical and now we're growing, you know, forgive the pun, the next crop of publicly <laughs> traded companies. And Benson Hill is one of those. And speaking of those helping to grow that next crop, and you mentioned the investment dollars from St. Louis, one of those early investors that made it possible for them to even get close to this point was BioGenerator. And so coming yeah. up next... We're going to talk with Don Rubin from BioSTL. We'll hear from him about the the real impact of this on St. Louis. Stick around. St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing impossible on KMOX. We're talking unicorns on today's show. And, you know, unicorns need somebody to feed them in the stable as they are growing and maturing. And one of those... I guess tenders of unicorns are hopefully growing a, a, a next herd of unicorns is BioGenerator and BioSTL. Uh, Michael, you had a chance to catch up with Don Rubin and get his thoughts on this, right? Yes, we did. We talked with Don Rubin on St. Louis Talks on KMOX. He's the CEO of BioSTL, which goes along with BioGenerator. And uh, one of those early investors, so had to ask him, first of all, what is Benson Hill? Well, Benson Hill is a, a company that combines plant science and food science with all kinds of data technology, artificial intelligence, etc. You know, the, we've been working for two decades now uh, through BioSTL and with many partners to build the, an ecosystem, uh, an innovation economy in St. Louis. And this is our first New York Stock Exchange go public moment um, and it's really worth celebrating. You know, it's a, it's a big deal. It, it puts St. Louis in the national spotlight. It burnishes our region's reputation, not just as a place where we have agriculture and plant science and discovery, but where we, where we can build a successful startup where people want to be, where people want to come for cutting-edge jobs. And, you know, it takes a village to do that, a community, uh, an ecosystem, to grow a thriving startup. And it's just a real feather in the cap of the whole region. Don's right. It is a feather in the cap. I mean, we, it's really, I didn't, I didn't realize it was the first, you know, ag tech or biotech company that's, you know, over the last two decades as BioSTL has been building out this ecosystem. Uh, that means this stuff doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I always think, you know, the joke I make about St. Louis is it's, you know, an overnight success, 20 years in the making. And that's really what this feels like with Benson Hill finally going public. You mentioned ecosystem. This is an example of uh, zeroing in on a strength for St. Louis. And Don gave us a little bit of a timeline of how we got here. When we started this work two decades ago, uh, and before we were called BioSTL, we were called the Coalition for Plant and Life Sciences, which is a pretty long, not very tweetable name. <laughs> so now, now we're just, there was no Twitter when we started, so it was okay. But now we're just six characters, BioSTL. 
And when we, we try to capitalize on St. Louis's strengths, and they really, the strong suits that we work with are, number one, healthcare and medicine, which St. Louis has been great at for more than a century, and agriculture, plant, science, food, which we've also been really strong at for, for, for many, many decades. So, but what's been missing, what was missing, was to, to, to be relevant in the 21st century economy was a whole set of infrastructure to help people with ideas in those areas turn them into successful companies. We didn't have any risk capital, venture capital, seed capital. We didn't have incubators and accelerators and innovation districts and with labs for those startups and entrepreneurs to go. We didn't have the people with the right training necessarily. We didn't have the policy environment. All these things are things we've been orchestrating for a long time uh, to make St. Louis a leader in these areas. And if you fast forward today, we define bioscience and healthcare and agriculture to include anything that touches healthcare and anything that touches agriculture. And there are so many other emerging technology areas like artificial intelligence and and uh, augmented reality or virtual reality and big data and cloud computing all of these things now converge with healthcare and they converge with agriculture and benson hill this company is a great example of that convergence because they take food science and plant science and they combine it with a bunch of computational things so if you go into the benson hill offices um, you, you'll see some laboratories like you would expect to see in a, in a university or where scientists are doing, do, doing laboratory work, but a lot of people on computers because a lot of the work is now done on computers and modeling, and that is part of the key to how they've been able to accelerate the breeding process, the, uh, the, the design process for new seeds, new food ingredients by having artificial intelligence experts um, data analytics experts, all working with food scientists and agriculture experts. And it's these 21st century uh, uh, disciplines that are all coming together. So, you know, agriculture uh, these days is not your grandpa's agriculture, right? You know, farmers are walking around with iPads and their sensors and they're identifying, you know, how much fertilizer per square inch and, you know, very precise and, uh, mm-hmm. and and this is this is one of many companies in the pipeline in St. Louis that are finding ways to make agriculture uh, more efficient, more sustainable, uh, developing uh, foods that are um, in the in the case of Benson Hill, you know they they have a platform that combines artificial intelligence and data analytics with with the food science to create new crops that are optimized for nutrition, for flavor, for yield, and they can customize it. Depending, you know, uh, uh, I know they work with some of the big uh, food companies, that, uh, candy companies and chocolate companies and others, where they've been asked to design a cocoa plant that uh, tastes better or is more affordable. Um, so it's, it's now about having the tools, the, in, the information technology and data tools to be able to custom design plants. You're an investor. (laughs) That means profits for BioSTL. Yeah, absolutely. And and we are a nonprofit. So it's kind of a rare thing. We're a nonprofit organization. Our mission is to help St. Louis, is to build St. Louis. So when we make an investment in a young startup like Benson Hill, and we started with Benson Hill 
back in 2013, we were the first seed investor, um, and we organized um, a, a whole seed investment round. And uh, we actually chaired the board of the company for two years. Um, and uh, at that time, we did not know if this company was going to be successful or not. Uh, in fact, uh, we had to make the investments uh, to keep the lights on. Uh, there were a couple of times when they were just going to close down and go out of business. Wow. And we wrote checks. We wrote checks because we had we, we thought it was in St. Louis's interest to keep this company alive. Um, it had it, it was located in St. Louis. It had showed great promise, like a lot of startups, and many many startups just don't make it. But we wrote a check to keep the lights on to make payroll. And fast forward to today, and yeah, we, we will make some money on this for sure. We will make a profit at, at, at BioSTL. And because we're a nonprofit, those dollars will be reinvested in St. Louis. It will allow us to create more startups, help more entrepreneurs, and hopefully drive more St. Louis successes. What is the, before we let you go, I've got to ask the uh, this reputation question, because so much of the conversation about St. Louis um, sadly centers on it's either the Cardinals are winning or there are 13 murders. Uh, and, and so there is a reputation that St. Louis has that has nothing to do with the violence. It has a lot to do with the Cardinals, but it has nothing to do with the violence. What is St. Louis's reputation in the business world, knowing that you guys are recruiting from Israel and, and Argentina? Right. Well, I will say that these companies from Israel, from Argentina, from the Netherlands that come here, their number one goal is to build their business. And if we can provide the support systems, the connections, the introductions, relationships that drive their business forward, they will, first of all, they'll get on three flights to come here. They don't care if our airport sucks, you know, although our airport doesn't suck. But if we don't have a direct flight to Israel, they'll take the flights they need to to come here because we have we have what can help them. But I will say that the most important element every time we try to when we try to retain businesses, when we try to attract businesses, it's about the talent. It's about the people that we have in St. Louis. Luckily, when it comes to agriculture and plant science, we have more plant scientists than anywhere in the world here in St. Louis. We have a lot of expertise that makes us an attractive place in that industry. But our quality of life is going to have an impact on our talent. So that the items that you mentioned, Carol, whether it's crime, whether it's you know, a cultural um, uh, institutions, all the things that make for a quality of life are going to help us keep people and attract people. And that's what makes us truly competitive is when we can have the best people here in St. Louis that will attract companies to our community. Well, I mean, Don is, is absolutely right. Uh, I remember hearing some of these conversations about, you know, Benson Hill on the brink of, you know, success and failure. And it does take a lot of those early stage investors um, you know, they had there's there was the interest in keeping the company successful because they had already made an initial investment. So you would hate to see uh, something happen and you lose that investment. Uh, but it, I think the the region has to understand that, you know, when we when we see a success, when when Matt and the team go to the New York Stock Exchange and ring that bell, uh, you know, that is the people that have gotten him to that moment 
really are some of the best and brightest in St. Louis, people that are civic leaders in St. Louis, people that care about St. Louis, and that, that care about the economy improving in St. Louis so that jobs are created, and maybe that can help. We do know that poverty, you know, if we address poverty and we address racism, then we also address crime. So creating better jobs and a better economy will start to att- impact, positively impact, some of the crime concerns that that Carol mentioned. And what's interesting uh, also from what Don said is the fact that we're talking about agriculture and yet people aren't getting dirt under their nails. They are sitting at a computer and they're coding. And that's what Benson Hill is hiring for. Yeah, it's like they traded their uh, overalls for hoodies or something like that, right? (laughs) Uh, Like it's, but it it is like the farmers, maybe part of it is also that these growers um, you know, the next generation of growers, the, the Gen X and the millennials that are now taking over the family operations have grown up in a, in where they're digital natives, right? And they, they, ex, you know, they know that that big data could help make better decisions. And so it's probably part of it is uh, demographic trends and changes. Last question for Don Rubin, the CEO of BioSTL. What's the end goal for a company like Benson Hill? They really are trying to change the way crops are designed and plant breeding is done in a more in, in a in, in a speedier way um, in a more efficient way so that ultimately you know they're, they're really riding this wave of a food revolution where there's a desire for more pl- a plant-based food revolution more plant-based meats and more plant-based diets they want to be at the forefront of that and by finding um, the best ways to design plants for nutrition, for flavor, for yield, for climate resistance, um, they want to be the number one in the world go-to company that can help speed those better foods and, 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 and better plant products for, for, for everyone. Don, yes or no, or do you have another announcement in a month or so about another unicorn? Um, if I do, you'll be the first to know, Carol. <laughs> really? Can we hold you to that? Michael Calhoun will be the first well, uh, to know. <laughs> because if it's if it's thirty two days, then then our, then my commitment is off. No. <laughs> All well, right, Don. If you want if you want to invest in Benson Hill, what is the symbol people can look for? It's B H I L. I have already made my very small, quite small. Very small investment. It's like the tip of the unicorn horn that I might have an ownership stake in. Um, but, you know, it's 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 always it's kind of like, you know, buying local. Now you could also invest local. Right. It's a way to, you know, watch a company that ha- that's in your own backyard. And as Don said, you know, this is a company like Benson Hill is trying to say uh, solve global challenges. And I, I think what is amazing about a region like St. Louis is that you can you can grow here and solve globally. And, you know, if we can address things like food insecurity and sustainability in food production, and we can do it from the seat of St. Louis, the St. Louis region, then we're going to be better positioned for other unicorns and and more unicorns. And Benson Hill is just the second in as many weeks St. Louis unicorns to go public on the New York Stock Exchange. Coming up next, we'll talk with the CEO of Nerdy and also get some perspective on the online learning companies foray into the public markets and growth here in St. Louis. That's up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing Impossible on KMOX. All right, so we're talking about folks that are going public on the New York Stock Exchange and 
Yes, we've had two in the last two weeks. Uh, let's now shift our attention to Nerdy. It's an online learning platform. Ringing that bell. To honor the occasion, founder, chairman, and CEO Chuck Cohn is ringing the opening bell of the New York Stock Exchange. That's right, Travis. And after he rang the bell, founder and CEO Chuck Cohn of Nerdy, their main product is Varsity Tutors. He called me from a conference room right off the trading floor. How do you feel today? How has today gone? What's it been like? Incredible. Uh, the energy on the exchange floor was palpable. And it was definitely a surreal moment. So I'm very proud of what our team accomplished and very excited sitting here today and thinking about the resources that we're going to have to build something incredibly special in the future that helps students uh, in a fundamentally new and different way. So what are the proceeds from this transaction? What investments do you uh, are you looking forward to making? Uh, you know, kind of what changes with Nerdy and Varsity Tutors from here? Well, our mission and our purpose stay the same, and the cultural elements that have allowed us to achieve the success to date you know, are the things that are going to allow us to continue to build in the future. So we have incredible momentum right now and feel really good about the start to back to school, and we're now going to have approximately 10 times as much capital on the balance sheet as we did uh, yesterday. So we're very, very excited about the resources and the extent to which we're going to be able to accelerate growth and investment in areas that, that really can benefit students and help um, you know solve an important societal problem right now with COVID learning loss at a very unique moment in time. So uh, do you look at you know, hiring coders, investing in, in new uh, apps and modules? Do you look at marketing? Kind of what's the, what's the big priority? What's the big catalyst for growth uh, with these new proceeds from the uh, transaction? Well, we're actually going to be able to uh, more than double the size of our product engineering data science team, and that is going to allow us to um, you know enhance the product capabilities and also pursue net new incremental initiatives. One that we just announced is Varsity Tutors for Schools that allows us to help students in schools on a entire district-wide scale, uh, and the extent to which we'll be able to parallel process different growth initiatives, uh, you know, is fundamentally different than what was possible in the past with fewer resources. So we're, we're very excited about the strength and durability of the business and the momentum we have heading into the public markets. Can you talk more about the uh, the potential for this uh, direct-to-schools product, a little bit more about what it is? And uh, is this – because I, I recall Apple, for instance, uh, before their consumer really began to uh, have a rebirth, uh, education was where, where their big market was, uh, direct-to-schools. Is that a, a huge untapped market that's just waiting out there? Yeah, the school opportunity and the opportunity to help students on a district-wide scale is a double-the-company-type opportunity that we're excited to be investing in. And we feel like we're uniquely positioned to help students at that scale at a moment in time where there's really been a devastating amount of learning loss across the country throughout the pandemic. Students, on average, are almost five months, if not more, months behind in school. And we have a solution that allows us to help remediate that learning loss and catch students up that we're very proud of and thus far is resonating with school districts. We've signed up more than 17 school districts to date, and we're going to continue investing in this area because we think um, we can have a big impact and we have a product suite that allows us to meet 
uh, needs at kind of an unprecedented scale at a very unique moment in time. Can you uh, explain a little bit more about the product itself? Do teachers use this in the classroom? Is it something they send home with the students? Um, how does it fit into the school curriculum? Well, the Department of Education has highlighted high dosage tutoring as one of the most effective ways to remediate learning loss. And we have a couple of different products ranging from one-on-one to five-on-one group tutoring that school administrators are able to roll out to hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of students at a time. And it leverages our live learning platform and all the investments we've made to date in the technology and product capabilities. It leverages our adaptive machine learning-based diagnostic testing. It allows us to pair learners together with similar needs and allows instructors to tailor the instruction to each learner's individual backgrounds. And thus far, it, it seems to really be working and um, and is well-positioned to help schools, you know, at a moment where I think they're, they're very interested in partnering and figuring out better ways to meet student needs. And then how are the other products, uh, including the adult learning, uh, the skills uh, programs, um, how are those, especially as schools begin to get back into in-person learning? Still a lot of businesses, though, are not back in person. So how are the numbers for those other products? So we can help students of all ages and all audiences across more than 3,000 different subjects. Uh, you know, as we shared in the spring, we had a really strong uh, spring semester in the first half of the year. You know, there's, we then have summer, and as we've kind of gotten back into the school year, and we recently shared some data on this, we've seen tutoring inquiries specifically just kind of come roaring back as each different session of school started. So across all age ranges, including, you, you referenced, professional, including across the professional segment, we're seeing a lot of demand for people to hone their skills, remediate learning loss, and get a higher quality, lower cost, more convenient solution online. Uh, switching gears uh, to more of a, a civic pride, I guess, uh, kind of a, a question. How do you feel about being St. Louis's newest public company, joining, joining that business community here? I'm very proud, and um, I'm proud to uh, have had, you know, to, to call St. Louis home. And we've been very fortunate to have many people and many institutions throughout the city support us. So I started the company when I was a junior at Washington University in St. Louis in an introduction to entrepreneurship course. And, um, you know, at each step along the way, many, many people throughout St. Louis have, have helped um, support us and helped us build something exceptional here. Going back to job growth a little bit, how long before you expect to take over the AT&T Tower? Yeah, so <laughs> I was, the AT&T building is a very big building, but I heard it was only a dollar. Um, <laughs> but the, we're, we're, uh, we are growing. We're recruiting some exceptional people here. I'm very uh, excited about the people that are choosing to join us at this moment in time. And, you know, we're going to continue in building out the team. So, you know, if, if you know anybody, send them our way, please. <laughs> uh, and you're in Clayton, right? Yep, we are located in downtown Clayton. Look, I listen to a number of college pitch competitions and business plan competitions and share your elevator pitch. It's pretty amazing that that, that Chuck started this junior year intro to entrepreneurship class, uh, you know, scribbling this out on a piece of paper or on his laptop. 
to the point where it is now, a publicly traded company doubling the size of some of their teams uh, and having a major impact on, on the field of education. And another huge opportunity to basically transform education. I can't think of much that's bigger than that. Well, especially as we've seen education impacted so severely as a result of COVID, um, it, I think COVID exposed really how fragile our education system is and that we, we need some intervention, some, some new innovation to really uh, you know, close that gap and, and to shore up that sector. We'll get some more perspective on all of this news about St. Louis companies up next from Jason Hall, who is the CEO of Greater St. Louis, Inc. As we continue Nothing Impossible KMOX. Now back to Nothing Impossible on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible. Travis Sheridan, Michael Calhoun, and we are uh, we're going to check in now with the CEO of Greater St. Louis, Inc., Jason Hall. He, You know, Michael, he's in a lot of these rooms where people are considering expanding to St. Louis. And, and I wonder what, you know, a Benson Hill going public or a nerdy going public, I wonder if that makes his job easier or if that changes some of the conversations he's having. You know, 20 years ago, when Southwestern Bell left and there was downsizing McDonnell Douglas, the community came together and said, we are going to reinvent this region as a startup and entrepreneurial hub that leverages our core technology assets. And a lot of the folks, you know, most, most often associated with Dr. Bill Danforth, John McDonald, and many others that came together to spearhead those efforts. Not only I am so proud of what Chuck and that team have done at, at Nerdy or Varsity Tutors, but, you know, we've produced, depending on how you want to measure, three or four billion dollar startup unicorns in just the last 12 months. You know, look at Mass, Matt Crisp at Benson Hill Biosystems. Now, those are numbers that make Silicon Valley blush. And I, am, I was in yesterday actually with a San Francisco headquartered company pitching St. Louis as, as their second major hub in the fintech space. They're seeing what's happening and it's attracting more people because we have the talent, we have the location where some people see challenges, other people are seeing opportunities. And I encourage us all to think like that because you don't produce billion dollar startup companies without being real and having real talent, real venture capital in a community that is highly focused around that kind of success. I am so proud of what this region is doing in the startup space. All right, that's Jason Hall, the CEO of Greater St. Louis, Inc. He joins St. Louis Talks, which airs 11 to 2 weekdays, by the way. Well, that's a, that was a full show. You know, what's so interesting is we started this show about seven years ago. And we, I mean, not that they're not exciting. We still get excited about people that get $50,000 of investment and are just starting and making a pivot to make their business better. And, and today we got to talk about those companies that have run the gamut and are now ringing the bell. This is the example. All of these, by the way, next week, we're going to delve into Arch Grants just gave out a whole bunch of those $50,000 awards. And so we'll find out what the the newest small companies are that are coming to St. Louis from elsewhere. But this today has really been an example of what their goal is. Yeah, it is uh, slow and steady winning the race. And I'm glad that we get to talk about it here as part of Nothing Impossible. And thank you for joining us. Download the podcast, share it from the Odyssey app, and we'll talk with you next week. Bye-bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.